You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey there, I'm Aaron, and welcome to a special best of episode of The Hero of the Story. As we gear up for season two, we're representing some of our favorite conversations from the first season. Today, we're sharing a conversation on a miracle recorded in the Old Testament, God providing water from a stone. Listen in as we discuss some helpful takeaways from the passage and see how this miraculous provision points us to the gospel. The incident that we're talking about in particular is um, is Exodus 17. So there are two times in scripture where Moses strikes a, a rock and water comes out. The first time is this one. The other time is in Numbers chapter 20. We're not going to talk about that one today because we're going to talk about that another time. Yeah. Um, so instead, let me just read this, this section of... Exodus 17, beginning at verse 1, and this is from the Christian Standard Bible. The entire Israelite community left the wilderness of sin, moving from one place to the next according to the Lord's command. They camped at Rephidim, uh, but there was no water for the people to drink. So the people complained to Moses, give us water to drink. Why are you complaining to me? Moses replied to them. Why are you testing the Lord? But... The people thirsted there for water and grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you ever bring us up from Egypt to kill us and and our children and our livestock with thirst? They're very grateful people. Yeah. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? In a little while, they'll stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go ahead uh, or go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take the staff you uh, you struck the Nile with in your hand and go. I'm going to stand there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. When you hit the rock, water will come out of it and the people will drink. Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massa and and Meribah because the Israelites complained and because they tested the Lord saying, "Is is the Lord among us or not? All right, so let me back up and let me provide a little bit of the context just to make sure we understand. Because this is a this is a passage we really we need to understand the story, the bigger story going on around it to yeah. really help place what's going on here and see see the picture of Christ and the gospel in it. So as we know, uh, God has rescued His people out of bondage in Egypt. The the series of ten plagues we know, of course, culminating with that final plague of the death of the firstborn son in all of, of the homes throughout the land. A plague, by the which we have to. Re- Remember, Israel, the children of Israel were under that. They were not exempt right. from it. Their sons were going to die, mm-hmm. but God provided a way of salvation. And this is this is the imagery, this is the, the thinking we have to keep in mind as we're reading through this whole account of Exodus, that we're seeing God save his people. We're seeing God bring life from death over and over again. So he's rescuing them from bondage of sin or of, of slavery, but he's also here rescuing them, the oldest son, from death. And of course, through the substitute of a lamb who was slaughtered, the blood was covered over the doorway, and then uh, we know that that angel passed over that home, thus the Passover. And so we have 
Israel then leaving. And as they're in the wilderness, God leads them in a very curious route. He does not take them the safe, the most direct route because he knew they were not ready for war. Uh, and so he takes them in a way that they appear to be cornered. And they were, from a human perspective, cornered between the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his angry army. So they go out after them. They're going out for, for revenge. So once again, you have the children of Israel who are on the precipice of death. Yeah. And God fights for them. I love it. He says through Moses, he says, stand, stand still, be quiet, and basically watch what the Lord will do. Mm-hmm. So God fights for them, of course, parts the Red Sea. They, he saves them through the waters of judgment that pour over Pharaoh's army, delivers them once again. They sing in joy. And then shortly after, they're thirsty. Not this account, a different account. And it's important we know this. Yeah. And they come to a body of water that was not fit for drinking. So, of course, God miraculously provides life for them once again. You need water to live. Yep. And he makes that bitter water drinkable. makes it sweet. They get hungry. And so you need food to live. And what does God do? He provides manna from heaven. Once again, God is providing life from death. And then shortly after, we get to this account where they are thirsty again. And this time, they can't even find bitter water. Mm-hmm. They can find nothing. And so they bellyache once more and say, we are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's intense stuff. I mean, when we look at the journey in it, it, of Israel to the promised land that... Um, it's it's fascinating to to read it from from the perspective that they are constantly and continually forgetting God's yes. grace, and so I mean in the passage that we read just just recently, um, it, their their immediate question is, are you know did you take us out here just to just to kill us? Totally illogical, right? At times they say we'd rather die there than die here, right? And then you know, and in in all of those instances, there was always grumbling and complaining and and the and accusations against God and against Moses, yes. um, and and this is. This is a powerful thing for us to remember because um, in Philippians, um, Paul references this entire journey mm-hmm. um, when he when he says that um, we are not to be grumbling and complaining as yeah. as they did as they did. Um, and, and, and so for us, when we, yeah. when we think about, all right, let's find the gospel in this. How do yeah. we teach a passage like this from a gospel-centered hermeneutic? Yeah. I think it starts from this of why were they grumbling? Because moralism says, well, don't grumble. Right. Um, you know, if you grumble, you're going to make God mad at you. Right. The, the gospel says, what was the source underneath that grumbling? What heart posture was revealing itself in grumbling? And it's this heart that failed to see that God was a rescuing God, failed to trust that God was an all-powerful God, and God can bring life from death. He can. Per- he, that's what they were in. Hey, we're going to die here because we have no water. We know you die without water. God brings life supernaturally 
to mm-hmm. them. He brought life through the Passover in Egypt by providing that lamb to die in the place of the people. He provides life from death. That's the re- the echo through this. Yeah. And that's what we see here in this account. So mm-hmm. what we have is, once again, they're thirsty. And so God commands Moses to take the staff that already has demonstrated his authority given by God, mm-hmm. has already demonstrated the miraculous works of God several different ways. And so God knows this is a word picture of who, what I'm doing for you. And take that staff, strike the rock, and water will come to satisfy the thirst and preserve life of the people. And we know thanks to Paul's commentary on this, Mm -hmm. uh, that that rock was a picture of Christ, of course. Right. And so what we see here is we see a, a beautiful word picture of God providing salvation in a better way that he saved the people physically Mm -hmm. in the wilderness from dying of thirst in a better way he provided christ the rock who was struck down on the cross and from him not physical water flowed but living water he said i am that living water that's what he talked about with the samaritan woman at the well right that you drink of this water you will never thirst again and of course he's talking spiritual spiritually so he this is the picture that through the cross we would experience salvation and life on a more important level than physical life this is the picture that he's painting to israel this is the picture he's painting to us right Right. So let's let's think about think about that for a second in that if if this is true, if that all that in this picture uh, of Christ, we are getting we are getting this sense of what it of what it ultimately means that God is our provider, that God Mm -hmm. is our um, that he is giving us everything that we need all the time, continually, whether we are thankful for it or not, um, and very often not. How do we encourage people to live in light of the gospel through this? Yeah, I think the key here is as we read these accounts, for example, as we think about them, as we pray over them, um, we have to see ourselves as the grumbling Israelites, not Moses. Yes. And we have to, as you as you did a second ago, we've got to understand it's easy for us to give them the side eye today. Yeah. And think, man, how, how you guys are such slackers. How could you not get this? Um, I bet you guys quoted hair metal bands, too, as you were traveling through the wilderness. You're I mean, they clueless. may well have. You don't know. Um, and so for us to look at them and say, you know what? That's me. That That's how stupid I am. Yeah. Uh, that's how forgetful I am. And in that, be reminded of God's kindness, patience to us. It's an inverse function. Mm-hmm. The lower I see myself, the higher I will see God. The higher I view myself, by necessity, the lower I see God in his grace and his mercy to me. It's an inverse function. Yeah, And so I must push down into this and recognize how pathetic I am to see the beauty of God and his grace and his goodness shine forth. Because you see it here in Exodus over and over again. And that's the, the that's the rhythm I need God communicating to my heart. Um, and, and also we see his patience of, you know, even though they're grumbling, he still provides and he provides over and over over again that his yeah. grace is inexhaustible even as even more than our grumbling as much of our, as our grumbling is 
So for me, I think the answer to this question that you asked, Aaron, is, is as we're doing this, and the way that we find um, gratitude in God is, is being reminded of how needy we are, mm-hmm. how undeserving we are, and every gift then, every gift, even the small things, are beautiful, undeserved acts of grace. And instead of complaining that my house isn't big enough, instead of complaining my job doesn't pay enough, instead of complaining that my families aren't, or my kids don't behave enough, or instead of complaining I don't have enough hair, whatever, whatever you want to put out there and say, God, why are you withholding this from me? Instead of looking through that wrong-hearted lens, look through the lens of, God, I'm amazed that you have given me anything. I'm amazed yeah. you've given me this house. I'm amazed you've given me this job. I'm amazed you've given me this family. I'm amazed you've given me health or whatever. It's to be grateful for the wonderful gifts that he's given us. Thanks for listening to this special best of episode of the Hero of the Story. We'll be back next week with another best of as we prepare to launch season two of the show with all new content in August. In the meantime, please leave your rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, please visit gospelproject.com.